Welcome to Book to Where Two Guys Tell You About the Books They're Reading. I'm Rob Olson. And I'm Livia Snedden. Uh, you are in for another interlude, which for some of you, you may think that's two interludes in a row, but there is an explanation for uh, for that. There is? Yeah. <laughs> Russian hackers. This is what Rob told me. I'm telling you, Russian hackers um, somehow managed to screw up our uh, our feed URL. Um, but we have uh, we have righted we have righted that. Yeah, we Russian were... hackers, right? Russian, Russian or Chinese? It was one of those. It definitely, yeah. I don't know. There's yeah. no proof. There's no proof that it was Russian hackers. It's my Donald Trump impersonation. Oh, it was. Yeah. Yeah. It could have been China. It could have been some some fat slob from his parents' basement. <laughs> Either did way, did you watch? Did you watch Last Debate? No, 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 no. Oh, oh my God, Rob. Okay, I I know that you're off the political train, and that's fine because I'm not on the political train either. But some of this shit is just sheer entertainment. Eh, eh, I just can't, man. I like. I feel like my brain will just hurt from all the awful like dumbness. <laughs> but listen, the world's worst stage design was used for this last debate. So it was <laughs> instead of there being like podiums and then you know, kind of being side by side, there were there were seats. It was supposed to be like a town hall meeting. So they had like like tall bar stools with like a little table to put their, their water on or whatever. <laughs> OK, but the problem was like the stage was kind of round. And because it was like a town hall meeting, they had an uh, audience sitting around the stage that some of them were picked to ask their questions. OK, well, Hillary thought the right thing to do is to walk away from her seat and kind of address the person who asked the question. So she would walk across the stage, right? Like right past Donald Trump, stand there. And then of course, you know, Trump has to kind of turn and face that direction. And every camera angle looked like he was some kind of crazy serial killer. Cause he stands <laughs> like you see him over her shoulder. And of course he's not smiling or anything. Right. But there was one point where I was really nervous that he was going to bash her like the back of her head in. <laughs> And I was watching, I got to tell you, it was more intimidating than any of the horror movies I've seen in the last few years. Like, I kept waiting for that. You know, in a horror movie, you know that that scare is coming? Yeah. That's what I kept waiting for. You're waiting for the jump scare? I was waiting for the jump scare where he bashed her skull in. I mean, it did, was was he making that face where it looked like he was trying, like, the only thing that was stopping his entire head from imploding was, like, pursing his lips together? Yeah, that's the only face he has. Oh. Of course he was making that face. All right, I so. sympathize with that guy. I pretty much have only that one look. <laughs> uh, or like he's trying to like find something stuck in the back teeth. Yeah, he's kind of got that look. Yeah. yeah. Dude, he called her the devil on national TV. And of all the things people talked about during that, that, you know, that, that they, you know, took pot shots at him for. I don't think anybody even mentioned that. He called her the devil during a debate. Well, I, I, he had said that he was really shocked to see Bernie Sanders go over to the devil and like gestured to her. So, Jesus. I mean, I, I guess, I guess, you know, it is a figure of speech, but I'm pretty sure that's not how he meant it. Not how he meant it at all. Yeah. Yeah. No. Any rate. So crazy Russian hat, not crazy <sighs> Russian hackers. All right. Do you know crazy Russian hacker is? Mm, is that like a death metal band? No, it's like one of my, well, it used to be one of my favorite YouTube channels. There's this guy named Crazy Russian Hacker, <laughs> and he's the guy who tells you you've been folding your potato chip bag wrong all these years, but he does it in a really thick Russian accent. <laughs> this is and all he puts news on to safety me. goggles before he does anything. 
Oh, this, you've got no, listen, not no right idea. now. You have to look up Crazy Russian Hacker and watch. That that guy's amazing. Any rate, not that guy, but some other Russian hackers are responsible. But my understanding yeah. now is this is up and running on all platforms. On uh, all the major so new feed, you can access our episodes on the website as always. We are fully functional on iTunes. We are fully functional, I believe, on Stitcher. And um, in the subscribe to the podcast uh, page on our website, you can get the the feed URL right there, too, if you have some weird program that you wrote because you're like a weird programmer and you just need the actual link, you can get that from the website now in our subscribe to the podcast link. So um, apologies if you're getting three episodes at one time. Um, but we did, and, and then we were off for a little bit of time and that was cause Rob, Rob world traveler, Rob, who will drive anywhere for anything, um, was on a, was on a road trip this past week. I don't know if I'd drive anywhere for anything, but, um, what Livius is referring to, <laughs> referring to is, um, I did a, I did do a road trip. I drove from the Chicago suburbs where I live down to Dallas, Texas, drove from Chicago to Dallas. It's about 900 miles or uh, about 15 hours worth of driving. Now, not again, just to tie into the earlier part of this episode, that is pretty solidly Trump country down there, I imagine. It was pretty Trumpy. Um, I don't know about Dallas specifically. I mean, it is a bunch of rich people, but um, I don't know if it's all rich Republicans. Usually the rich people are the Republicans, but... um, it, it seemed pretty Trumpy, at least on the drive. Lots of <laughs> lots of pickup trucks. <laughs> Signs that said Trump is real <laughs> on the side of the road. Huh? Yeah, exactly. Hell, uh, uh, Trump. Uh, hell is real, and Trump saves. I think is what the, the signs were saying. Terrible, but um, yeah, drove down to Dallas. Spent about five days down there. It was kind of a birthday weekend getaway kind of thing. Hanging out with friends of the podcast. Wait, 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 was it your birthday? Yeah, dude. Is it time for the annual singing of the "Happy Birthday to Rob" song? Here's what <sighs> we do this time: we're gonna we're gonna have a moment of silence so the <laughs> listeners can sing you "Happy Birthday" in their car. Yeah, let's do that. All right, I just sung it in my head. That's exactly the amount of time they need. <laughs> I knew you were singing it in your head. Mm-hmm. Yep. Apparently, well, happy I sing birthday it. Officially, I knew it was your birthday. Thank you. Happy birthday to you. Yeah, they got some fun gifts. Um, actually, I'll tell you some of the nerdy gifts I got. So, um, I went to see Jesse Lawrence and Misty Bennett, friends of the podcast, and they collectively gave me. A bottle of bourbon, Knob Creek 2001. This is a special edition. Um, batch number one uh, bottle of bourbon. Pretty awesome. Comes in its own like, little wood box and stuff. And then... Um, <laughs> Misty gave me uh, a t-shirt. And it was like... Um, yeah, I'm guessing she got it on Etsy or something like that. It was a t-shirt. And it said Murder Husbands on it. And it's a reference to Hannibal. I have this weird t-shirt that says murder husbands on it. I'm trying to think of the right occasion to wear a murder husbands t-shirt. What is, what is the Hannibal reference? Cause I watched Hannibal, but that doesn't ring a bell. I think the actual murder husbands term was, um, 
something that Freddie Lowndes had written about Hannibal and Will Graham. Oh, okay, and, that makes sense. And like, and then they were talking to Freddie, and she said something, something, and and the response was, "You called us murder husbands." So that was a very good Will Graham impersonation. I know that's exactly <laughs> who you were channeling there. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so I got that. Also got a pillow, like a throw pillow for like a couch that has um, Ava Green's face on it. It's specifically um, her character Vanessa Ives from Penny Dreadful. That sounds amazing. That's really cool. I'll actually send you, Olivia's a picture while we're talking. So you can see how cool it is. Um, so I got that. And one more t-shirt, but it's a really, really in-joke kind of thing. So it wouldn't make sense to anybody that's listening. So, But they made well, t-shirts for me. That is, uh, that is very cool. <laughs> You're about to be creeped out by this photo that you received from me, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> as is often the case to be quite frank <laughs> oh, that, uh, yeah that's that, that so the photo for us I, mean, I want you to understand that he did not take this just now at least i don't think he did no it is uh it's him with his ava green pillow but but it looks like they're about to make out like his <laughs> face it, the 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 size of her face on the pillow is Oddly, the exact same size as Rob's head. Yeah, and uh, Rob's lips are inches away from the um, the the painted Pil- lips of yeah the of, pillow uh, lips of Ava Green. Lips. Yep, yeah. That that yeah. I'm deleting that. I don't even want to run into that when I have to send you a message. <laughs> that uh, sounds like a fun birthday. So oh man, like I that's not even so. Got those gifts. We drank a lot of alcohol. Shocking. A lot of alcohol, a lot of really expensive bourbon was consumed, and I fired guns. Yeah, I saw some pictures of that. Now, I have to imagine that this is what happens. There's some kind of rule in Texas. Like, they don't just do that all the time, (laughs) but whenever somebody comes from out of town, in air quotes, specifically from, like, one of the northern states, there must be a law where, like, in order to have them stay with you and visit... You have to take them to a gun range, so they think that that's all people in Texas do. Yeah, it's like trick the Yankee into thinking that all they do is shoot guns. Dude, one of them was like an AR-15 or something, right? Uh, yeah, well, so yes, but it was a twenty-two caliber version of that gun, so it was like the lowest caliber gun. Like, oh, you know. so it was like the AR-15 for pussies. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> why I was shooting it. <laughs> I think that uh, Misty Misty pulls out an M60 and fires off a whole belt of uh, of ammunition, right? Because she has a license to do. She's Texan. I'm sure she does. Now, I think what was happening, um, there was more gun options available, but Jesse and I never really have fired guns for like at least a long, long time. So I think the idea was, you know, bring out the easy stuff for the first first time, you know. Um, but there were, so there were other guns as well. So there was that, there was another 22 that was like a revolver, like an old cowboy looking gun, mm-hmm. which was neat. I like the, that you had to like, it was one of the ones where like, it won't shoot unless you cock the hammer first. Oh, nice. There was a 45 handgun. That was, that was pretty cool. That had If a, you say it was a 45 and a 22 version, then that's just a 22, I think. 
<laughs> no, it was an actual forty-five. Okay, all right. All right. Um, and that one, that one had some little little kick to it. And then there was also a thirty-eight, like a snub nose thirty-eight. Mm-hmm. So I felt all like noir when I was shooting that one. So how'd you do with shooting? Um, actually, I'm a pretty good shot. The thirty-eight was really wild because I think it's such a short gun that mm-hmm. it's tough to you know properly aim and and hit a target. Right. So like. If I'm ever using a 38, it's going to be when you're like five feet away from me. Me specifically? Um, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you is the listeners, the listenership. Um, <laughs> I just threatened uh, to shoot our listeners. Um, the 45. Um, so we were just using like regular, like circular targets, not like the human body outline kind of thing. Right. Um, man, that would have been interesting. But we just had the circular. Targets and so the forty-five, I really started grouping closer to the bullseye, and then between the two twenty-twos, man, I was just plugging like right in the center almost the whole time, within like two rings. Very cool. Are you are you now going to be a, a gun person? <laughs> Probably. I'm just gonna run out and I'm gonna stop buying bourbon and I'm just gonna buy guns instead. But you know, I mean, they have gun ranges out, out, out this way. I don't think they do like in the city of Chicago, but I know out here there's one not far from us. Yeah. Maybe um, that'll be our thing now. We just get together yeah. and shoot guns. Um, I know. Now I was at a gun place, and this is going back many years. But yeah, you would just go in. Yeah, you would just rent the gun, you know, and and buy the ammunition, and kind of same thing you said. You can kind of pick between some options, and yeah, yeah. So that's very cool. I'm a crack that shot. That does not strike me as the kind of thing. Like I saw that, and it just struck me as so odd to see you doing that. Yeah, definitely not something that I'm really, but. I think I discovered that it's not so much that I'm against guns, but like my anxiety about guns has always been that I don't know much about them. And so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm dangerous with them. Not that, you know, not that it's the gun that's the problem. So mm-hmm. that's that. So drinking, lots of driving, lots of drinking and lots of guns, but maybe not necessarily drinking, altogether. driving and guns. That's <laughs> the other. Wow. That's my, <laughs> I get reckless when I go down to Texas. Oh shit. Good <laughs> Lord. <laughs> so Livius. Yes. Now that we're done talking about me, I was wondering, um I saw some hubbub. I saw a little bit of a, you know, a, a stir online about something. Uh tell me about what's going on with the dark tower? Oh, so yeah, the dark tower movie, uh, as I'm sure you know already, is is a thing. Um and there are a couple of things you could be alluding to. They have announced that at the same time the Dark Tower, right around the time the Dark Tower movie comes out, there will be a Dark Tower TV series. Same um, same people? Yes. Fuck. Based on Wizards and Glass, which is the fourth book in the Dark Tower series. But it's really Roland, the main character, telling a story about when he was younger. So it doesn't tie into the timeline at all uh, okay. of the actual Dark Tower series. But it is a story about him and like his 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 home, like where he originally came from. Um, the other thing that happened just yesterday was that um, a Dark Tower trailer leaked. And when I say that, I know that studios have been accused of leaking trailers and stuff like that. But this one, like, had all kinds of like numbers and direction running at the bottom of the screen, and it was kind of grainy looking and. The studio, I think it's Paramount. I could yeah. be wrong on that. Um, had it yanked immediately. Like every website, probably within two hours of it going up, if you went there, 
it said, you know, um, it was removed at the request of the copyright holder, like everywhere. So, yeah. um, so some people got a taste of it. Um, I managed to find a, a Dropbox link. So somebody had actually downloaded it and put it into um, Dropbox. So I guess, and I don't know how long that's going to stay up because it isn't so, I mean, it's a public link created to a Dropbox account. But if anybody's interested, I guess I could put that in the book podcast listening group. Yeah, that'd be cool for, for anybody who's down. I will do that um, later because I don't I don't have it bookmarked or anything, but it's on my other computer. I'll do that later tonight. And impressions of this video? Um, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I. It looks really cool. Um, it's not exactly what I expected, and and I think part of the the reason behind that is I, I read. The Gunslinger, which is the first book in the Dark Tower series, which this is clearly based pretty heavily on, um, a long time ago. It's got to be 20 years ago. Mm. Um, this trailer, to me, looks like it takes place more in our world than in that kind of alternate reality that the story takes place in. And I don't know if that's just because those are the more eye-catching parts or something that you could you know, kind of lure people in with for a trailer. But it seemed weighed much more heavily on our world yeah. than on that one. And when I say world, like, you know, whatever alternate reality, timeline, whatever you want to call it. So um, looks cool. I don't know that it looks very true to the book, if that makes sense. Mm. It looks fucking really, it looks really cool. So you're a little reserved. Um, you know, I have to be. Yeah. I'm going to segue into something else here because I just watched, right before we started recording, episode one of Channel Zero, Candle Cove. Oh, yeah? And I find more and more lately that the more excited I am about something, especially if it's like an adaptation <laughs> of something else, yeah. that I'm really, really let down. <laughs> oh, so no. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ready to... to dismiss um channel zero candle cove yet um but i was fully not impressed with episode one Uh there's some potential there but there's just a lot of things i didn't like about it damn i had some hopes for that yeah and and you know what and and i still suggest that you watch it if you have 44 free minutes Mm -hmm. um it, it has some potential, but I really don't like the, the, the main guy they put into it. I'm a little iffy on, on how the storyline is headed. So so the thing to understand is is that the Candle Cove creepypasta is literally the length of a very short story. And it's about somebody who says, hey, anybody remember the show? And a lot of people don't remember it, but the people that do all seem to find these really weird things about it. And like one kid goes on or one adult now goes on and says, yeah, it's really weird. Cause my mom said she would just find me staring at static on the TV. So you start to get the idea that there's something very wrong with this TV show mm-hmm. that kids are watching. Um, so of course to expand this into a, I don't know how many episode series I'm going to have to imagine somewhere between 10 and 15, um, that they had to add a bunch of story around it. And I don't know if this, adding that story that goes along with it just detracts from its creepiness. I think maybe, maybe, and, and I know I'm not the right person to, to suggest this because of my views, maybe sometimes leaving a lot to the imagination is is a little better. Yeah. <laughs> and this may be one of those situations. So. Aww. 
Yeah. Hmm. I'll check it out and I'll see what I yeah. see what I think about it. <clears throat> Following up on that, we are only eight days away from the premiere of the remake of the Rocky Horror Picture Show, and the more I see of that, the more disappointed I am too. I'm hoping that you just abandon the idea of of us talking about it on the podcast because I really have no intention of watching it. Oh, it's it's looking it's looking more and more terrible every time <laughs> I see another another uh, a clip or you know they've started releasing you know some of the you know I want to call them videos right because it's a musical so the song but with the actual TV clip mm-hmm. or the show clip with it um, and and yeah. My warm and fuzzy feeling on that's disappearing, uh, dissipating rather quickly, I guess. So. Man, just nothing but disappointment lately. I know, I know. Maybe my expectations are too high. Maybe that's the problem. Yeah. Or maybe things just suck. I think 2016 is really not that great of a year <laughs> overall. Um, no. no, it's not. I've been watching some horror stuff. Oh, do tell. So you can kind of count Scream Queens, so I'm going to go ahead and count it. Okay. Have you seen any Scream Queens? No, no. I'm still on episode two, season one. And, and I've been on that episode since season one, like episode five. So it's Killing been like... Me, man. So the third episode of season two just aired last night, the night before air, we're recording. We're recording on the 12th. And um, season two, man, is just... <laughs> Uh, I don't know what to say. It was kind of, I was unsure how it was going to go because they wrapped up their whole sorority season. And now this, this season there, it's like two years later and they're in a hospital, um, as nursing students or something like that. And so it's a little bit weird, but it is just so entertaining. It is just like every character is just killing it. And, um, obviously not scary, but just funny. Funny, kind of like dark satirical wit, with some like gruesome, gruesome stuff thrown in. It's been really awesome. Do you um and and I wish I could correct. We have no notes for this show, and this whole conversation was really unplanned. So I apologize. <laughs> I think, and I could be wrong. Garrett Cook maybe wrote a list of the ten best Bizarro films of all time. Does it sound familiar? We've seen this in social no, media. No, I did not see this. Place. I think it was him. So apologies to a whoever it was and Garrett Cook if it wasn't you. But the movie Detention was on there. Okay. And from what I saw of Scream Queens. Oh, top um, ten bizarro horror movies. Was I right as a Garrett Cook? Yeah. Excellent. Um, Detention reminds me of what I saw the the like two episodes I did watch of Scream Queens. So you may want to check that out. I know Jesse Lawrence. Um, I believe he saw it and liked it. I believe we had a conversation about it. Um, I like detention, but that when I watch Screen Queens, that's what that made me think of. Nice. I'm gonna have to. I'm looking at all the the article. It was on a website called YesClash.com. Top ten bizarre horror movies um, by Garrett Cook, and um, each each listing has a description and a trailer attached to it. So I'm gonna watch. Definitely gonna watch the trailer for that because yeah, it looks looks like something I'd be interested in. Um, it wound up really fun movie. Like I, I don't want to say it's a really great movie. It's it's an entertaining movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not gonna change your life, but it is definitely worth the ninety ish minutes. Oh man, to, um, Visitor Q is number seven on that list. Mm-hmm. I've seen that. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. Oh my god! So this takes us back to the Bizarro 
uh, Intro to Bizarro episode we did with J. David Osborne back, like, episode, like, 61, I think. Mm-hmm. Takashi Miike, and you've seen other stuff by him, right? Uh, you know, oddly, no. You haven't seen any Takashi Miike? So I'm pretty sure I haven't. I just had this conversation. I have a coworker who's on the very same wavelength with me with movies. Yeah. And he has constantly disappointed me that I haven't seen Ichi the Killer. Yeah, that would be the one that I would mention. Um, yeah. Visitor Q is also a Takashi Miike movie. And I, <laughs> Brayton Cameron, of all, <laughs> I went to a party that Brayton Cameron, who does um, uh, Skip Papersley, and he did. Malik Timbali's Words I View. So he's a big friend of the podcast. He was having a party at his apartment when he was at college. And he was playing movies in the background while everybody was just kind of hanging out. And Visitor Q was one of the movies that played. And I just... Uh, it is such a disturbing movie on so many different levels. There's just like... I mean, it goes as far as like necrophilia and stuff like that. It's just really, really weird. So that movie haunts me. I think a lot of people call him Takashi Mike. Probably. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just thinking about it. It's that I'm Takashi Mike a, guy. We'll look up a list of his movies and see if I've seen any of them. And, and I know I'm disappointed in myself that um, that I haven't. Um, but Ichi the Killer has been on my... And I, I've tried a couple times, but it's always like that. I put it on late at night, and then my eyes are too tired to watch, you know, that kind of thing. So let's see. He has done, and I'm going to go with just the English name movies, because there's a bunch of stuff that I can't read. Mm-hmm. Let's see, uh, Human Murder Weapon, Bodyguard Kiba, Time to Fight, Fudo, The New Generation, Young Thugs, Innocent Blood, Rainy Dog, Full Metal, Yakuza, The Bird People in China, Andromeda, Blues Harp, Young Thugs, Nostalgia, Man, comma, A Natural Girl, <laughs> some weird shit, Leyline Silver, Audition, which I know is the other big one that he did, Dead or Alive, Salaryman, Kentaro, Man, Next Natural Girl, which is 100 Nights in Yokohama, <laughs> uh, City of Lost Souls, MPD Psycho, The Guys from Paradise, Dead or Alive 2, Family Visitor Q, Ichi the Killer, Agitator, Happy Day. Oh, my God, the list just keeps going. I'm just going to s- kind of visit. <sighs> oh, no, I haven't yeah. seen any. Yeah, Visitor Q, man. Like 100 movies, man. This is no joke. He's like the Carlton Melick of, of Bizarro movies. So in 2017, he has a movie coming out called JoJo's Bizarre Adventures. See, that um, sounds innocent. I guarantee there's murder. There's like probably like decapitations or amputations or something. Weird sex things happening. Yeah. Yeah. So why did we get off on? Oh, I was talking about Scream Queens, and then you were talking about that movie. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yep. Um, I also been watching American Horror Story season six. Where are you at with American? I am also with American Horror Story. I'm season five, episode one. Oh, man. Hotel was such a good series. So every time I see her face, I just don't want to watch it. Gaga? Yeah. Oh. There is something in in a previous life. Her and I were were enemies or something because it really just every time I see her face, it bothers me. Yeah. All right. Well, well. Season six is called, uh, right now it's going by the title of My Roanoke Nightmare. Um, the thing that I keep hearing around the water cooler, um, the water cooler being texting with friends, is that somewhere around the sixth episode, there's going to be a major shift, like a reveal, like what we've been watching is not what we thought it was. And the the rest of the season is going to take a different kind of form. 
Um, it has been a little inco- unconventional so far with this season because, um, first of all, there's no... Um, even though each season has been a different theme and with different characters and a different story, there was always the same credit music at the beginning, and it hasn't happened so far. Um, it's just got little weird cuts with a title screen that says My Roanoke Nightmare, but you don't really see the American Horror Story title card anywhere too much, or um, you don't hear that iconic um, you know, theme music at the beginning. So I'm thinking that the story that we're picking up on is the beginning of the season might actually lead into something entirely different and give us a different perspective of what's going on, which would be interesting. But, um, man, so far it's a little confusing and weird. Um, I don't really know where it's going, but it's really killing it with the jump scares. Jump scares are really what it's doing so well this, this season. I'm not a huge fan of jump scares and not in that they scare me and they make me uncomfortable because in, in most things I kind of find them predictable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So when something depends on that, it, it turns me off a little bit, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not I'm not resigned to not watching anymore. But I got to tell you, your little synopsis of this season <laughs> is not inspiring well, me any further. That's, I mean, the interesting thing. So um friend of our pot, friend of the podcast, Amanda Gowan, is writing uh, an ongoing column for This Is Horror, where she basically recaps every episode of American Horror Story. And she is very negative about it right now. So I'm being more positive than most people are. I think a lot of people are struggling with what's actually happening this season. Um, they're building up a huge cast of characters. Like they've got characters from whatever it was, the 1500s or whatever. When that whole Roanoke, I know we talked about this on another episode, that colony or whatever, the group of people disappeared. So they have characters from that time, they have characters from the current time, they have characters from kind of in between over the last few decades, and kind of like the murder house season, where the murder house, when someone died at the house, they became, if they died on the land, they kind of became tied to the house, and, you know, then part of the whole scare, we see people who have been, like, accumulating over the course of these centuries on this property um so there's a huge cast of different characters and i'm wondering just like what the hell they plan to do with this because i don't know it's kind of weird right now so um holding out hope see where it goes i um i I mean i have some thoughts i i think that almost universally the freak show season was disappointing i don't think you're gonna find too many people that celebrate that season yeah um, Hotel, I know, was kind of split from what I've seen. I, I know you loved it. I know there's some people that were kind of like, meh, on it. This could be their make it or break it season. Either this pending twist is going to be so brilliant, you know, that it adheres viewers to it. Mm-hmm. Or we could be seeing, potentially, the, the final season. Oh, they've already been renewed for season seven. Oh, really? Right. Yeah. Well, at least FX has some, <laughs> some faith in them, I guess. Yeah. Um. A little jumping with shark is what it sounds like on this season. We'll see. We shall see. I mean, like, so the creator or creators of American Horror Story are not just doing that. They did that in American Crime Story with um, the People versus O.J. Simpson. 
and uh, same dude who does Scream Queens, so he's really branching out. Um, and I'm wondering if it's just like a lack of attention to one project, or if there's just something super clever going on that we're just not seeing yet. So hold on a second. What's the other show called that he did? Uh, American Crime Story. It was The People versus O.J. Simpson. So hold on a second. This motherfucker has a hit show called American Horror Story and then branches off to do a show called American Crime Story? Yeah. Are we expecting, like, American Love Story? Or <laughs> I mean, it just seems like a weird, like, you would just not name it. Yeah. Same three words as your other show. Oh, I'm with you on that. Um, and there's a lot of crossover of actors as well, like Sarah Paulson, who is in like every season of um, American Horror Story, played Marsha Clark in the O.J. Simpson thing. So, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> this Cute. reminds me a little bit of um, God Stephen King and and Richard Bachman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're familiar with that, right? That was his yep. his pen name for some books. At one point, and I forget what one of the books was called. Um, he wrote the Stephen King book, but the same day, the Richard Bachman book came out, and I know the Richard Bachman book was called <laughs> The Regulators. I couldn't get through it. Yeah, it was Desperation, which I did read, and it was okay. But when you so they had very similar covers designed exactly the same. Mm -hmm. So if you finished reading um, Desperation, when you opened the Bachman book, The Regulators, the characters had the same names, but were not the same people. Yeah. Did you see where I'm going with this? Yeah. This is what it sounds like. Like it's, it was just a very weird thing for him to do, and it's getting a little weird on the American story front. Insert genre here. Yeah. What else would I like to see? So American Horror Story has been good. Crime Story, whatever. Um, the O.J. Simpson. At least the O.J. Simpson thing is a really interesting story. Like, I, you know, at that time and, and the way that it went down is just really insane. Mm -hmm. um, but were you, old, were you old enough to follow that? Like, yeah, I was in I was a senior in high school when okay. um, when the when the verdict was was released mm -hmm. so i don't know exactly so you, how were, long. In, so you were in kindergarten when it started because it seemed like i know long. that's what I was, I was gonna say like i don't really know how long that trial lasted but i remember being in of all places my um my american or world history no american history um class when the verdict was announced and it was like a real outrage and everything so uh yeah it only took them two decades to make a fucking tv show about it yeah yeah. All right, that concludes the TV portion, <laughs> right? Oh no! Did you did we talk about Westworld before? No, not even a little bit. I don't think we did on the podcast. We didn't talk about. Okay, so Westworld is a new TV show on HBO, and um, I will. Uh, so it's inspired by a 1973 film called Westworld, which was based on a book by Michael Crichton. Mm -hmm. called Westworld. So um, this is kind of like a reimagining of of that 1973 film, but based on the... So the idea is there's this... Um, I'm trying to think of the best way to say it. Company that has a basically a theme park populated by realistic robots. Um, and the main story, at least so far, is taking place in a Western um, world, like a town, like a Western town. 
Mm-hmm. And there's like these life lifelike robots who are populating the theme park and then rich people can come in and get like an old cowboy experience kind of thing. And so obviously the problem is that the robots are going to freak out and start killing people. So the first ep- the first episode came out and I watched it and it was really interesting. Um it gave me I'm trying to think of what it reminded me of. The TV show Dollhouse, which was kind of um you could program people's minds so that they would be have a certain personality and skills and memories and stuff so that they could, you know, have experiences with people who paid for, you know, like, oh, I need someone to go to a wedding with me and they're my wife or whatever. So reminded me of that, but um it's like this crazy old western. It's really neat. And it was created by the reason I was excited was JJ Abrams and Jonathan Nolan are heading the project up. So who is Jonathan Nolan? What is he what is he known for? First of all, the brother of Christopher Nolan. Okay. That's a terrible thing to be known for for like your brother. But is he, is he also a TV. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan Nolan was a writer for the Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Rises, Interstellar, Memento, um, the TV All show, right. TV show Person of Interest. So what you're saying is anything Christopher Nolan was in charge of, his brother got a gig on. Um, more or less, but because I think every movie you mentioned was a Christopher Nolan movie. Yes. Now Memento, remember the Christopher Nolan movie Memento, was mm-hmm. based on a short story. That short story was written by Jonathan Nolan. I do remember that. Yeah. I remember finding that out here on the podcast many years ago. Yeah. So, um, excited about that. Watch the first episode. It's really cool. Creepy in a way. Lots of weird robot nudity. And um, episode two is out, so I'm looking forward to check that out. Here's a little bit of information on the um, uh, on Westworld, the original film. Um It was the first feature film to use digital image processing to pixelate photography to simulate an Android point of view. (laughs) Okay. It starred Yul Brenner and uh, Richard Richard Benjamin and James Brolin. Um, But here it is. The film was nominated for a Huggo Award. Oh, it would have. It's super sci-fi. Yeah, I kind of figured. It's on my list of things to do. Um, I do plan on watching it, and quite honestly, I somehow missed that um, the first episode was out already. It's got Tandy Newton in it, um, who I think I said her name right. She's really, really good actress. And um, Evan Rachel Wood also. Evan Rachel Wood is the main female character. Somehow you expect me to know who these people are. Tandy Newton looks vaguely familiar. I think I've seen her in something. Um, Evan Rachel Wood, who's been in everything. Hang on. She was in The Wrestler, which I never saw. <laughs> um, she does fancy stuff like Across the Universe and um, Ides of March. She was in True Blood. She was the queen of Louisiana in the earlier oh, seasons of True okay. Blood. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's. I was looking at her picture, and I, I could picture I just couldn't picture what show I was picturing her in, but that's yeah. exactly what it was. Yup. Good stuff, man. Sorry, I got off on a tangent about TV. That's all I'm doing no. lately. No, no, it's okay. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to tubed. <laughs> welcome to tubed. Yeah. <laughs> For two guys talk about TV shows they're watching. Um, I guess while we're at it, I want to put in a plug for Designated Survivor, which might be the breakout hit of the fall season. Kiefer Sutherland um, as the uh, um, the only surviving member of the cabinet 
um, after an attack. He is the director of housing and urban development and suddenly <laughs> in the span of 20 minutes becomes president of the United States, which is under, I don't want to say under attack, like the country is under attack, but the, the entire cabinet has just been um, killed in a, in a, a terrorist a explosion. So um, good stuff so far. Three, three episodes in and Kiefer Sutherland is killing it. You fucking love that Kiefer Sutherland, man. I do love me some Kiefer Sutherland. All the way back to Lost Boys, I'm taking it. Uh, yeah, probably all the way back to Lost. I don't know. Was 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 um, Flatliners before Lost Boys? <laughs> oh my God, Flatliners! Wow. Yeah, um, I don't know. <laughs> Which whatever order that was in. Yeah, pretty <laughs> honestly, I, I, you know, I I grew up on his movies. He was a big star when I was a teenager. <laughs> um, then he kind of disappeared for a while, and then Twenty Four made me absolutely enamored with him as a as an actor so um all right i'm looking no the lost boys was 87 flatliners was 90 oh wow that's a big time jump in there yeah he had a lot of stuff in between too like both young guns movies <laughs> yeah i i'm st- uh, you know westerns not my thing getting that picking up on that westerns are too much like sci-fi god wouldn't it be terrible if they made a western sci-fi Oh, wait. That's what Westworld. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. see what you did there. Yeah. I see so, what you I'm did. I'm going to give Westworld a shot, but I got to tell you, it's already got two strikes against it. So Now, I know in the original story, there was other. So, like, the Westworld was, like, one option for the people mm-hmm. who were, like, attendees of this weird sex park. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it was a sex park, but I'm just going there. <laughs> that's how you would use it. Because, like, if you had realistic robots, you're going to fuck them. Like, that's... That's a natural progression of things, but um, uh, there was other, there was at least you're three. Grab, you're gonna grab them by the pussy. Is that what you're saying? Rob? <laughs> is, that, is that what you're saying? Hey, hey, I'd never say anything like that. These, see these robots? You just walk up to them and kiss them. You don't even say anything. <laughs> That's exactly what you do. <laughs> um, see, I think he'd be okay in that theme park with uh, not real people. Um, but what I was trying to get to was that there is also. Like um, a Greek, like a Roman kind of experience, and I think there's another one it, too. So it, it sounds to me like season two would be. Hey, they could anthologize and just go with a different park. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking that might be exactly what's what's likely to happen. Um, I, I know that early support for the show is very very strong. So. I mean, it's got some real strong talent behind it. I've always liked Nolan and Abrams, even that book that we read. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's right. That wasn't Nolan that co-wrote the book, right? No, it was, it was yeah. Doug Dorst. That was Doug Dorst. You are correct. Yeah. All right, Livius. We've been vague. You, you more than I, but I think I'll take part of the blame. You've been. We've been vague casting something for a couple months now, and it's pretty much time to uh, let that cat out of the bag. So, do you want to tell people what we've been vague oh. about? Yeah, um, I was hoping we'd have a little more like solid, concrete information when we release this, but we have been kind of teasing it for a little bit. So um, for five plus years, um, Book Podcast has been available here on the Internet on whatever medium you're listening to for the better part of five years, unless you're the two people listening on Google Play Podcasts. <laughs> Thank uh, you, by the way. Yeah, yeah thanks. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> or the weird people that are like, we need the actual URL feed. And I'm like, what, what are they going to do with that? Maybe I just gave that to a Russian hacker. I don't know. Um, 
but we've been looking uh, clearly not looking very hard because if you know us, we, we don't move. We move at a snail's pace with things. But we have been looking for other avenues in which to bring um, our um, show to people. And we have been uh, in discussion um, with a radio station in Chicago, um, WLPN uh, 105.5 FM, which I don't believe currently at the time of this recording is actually broadcasting. So there's a license and there's a tower, but there are some technical issues that still need to be ironed out. Um, But it appears that booked will have uh, some sort of regular and when i say that i don't i don't have confirmation on how regular um but at least twice a month will be uh, will be on a legit radio station in the city of chicago i don't know if listeners are aware of this but uh livius you've got a little broadcasting uh studies in your past am i right about that um, I would imagine listeners are probably not aware of that. Yes, actually, I do. <laughs> now, I want you to understand something that has happened here. Now, I don't want to get into specifics, but I recently interviewed somebody for a position who I thought had some experience, but I found out that the experience was so long ago that it almost didn't like it didn't correlate anymore. I, I don't know, let me put it this way. It's like saying you were interviewing someone to be a car mechanic. I said, "Oh yeah, yeah, I worked. I worked in a in a mechanic shop," and then talking to you, found out they fixed like the the wooden tires on the wagons that horses. Drew. <laughs> That's a little bit how I feel about my my broadcasting studies because they were in the very very early '90s. So I did things like cut and spliced reel to reel together to like put together you know whatever ad material. So uh, the world has changed a little bit. Um, but wow. yes, yes, I do. And it's something, um, it, it's something that I, I don't know how much it translates over to what we do. I guess some of it does, but it's something that I've always thought was really, really interesting. And I've always been a big fan of, of radio. So, uh, it's very exciting for, for me, not just as a, uh, as a member of this podcast, but personally very exciting to me to be able to kind of, uh, follow and, uh, and catch a dream, I guess. Ah, that's really heartwarming. Yeah. I was going to follow up with, well, fuck, I thought you were going to do all the work at the radio station, but you you got all touching touching me on my feels. I had to, because I need you to do all the work at the radio station. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen, if at any point they hand us a cart. Yeah. See, do you know what those are? <laughs> no. Basically like, do, you, do you know what an 8-track looks like? Yeah. That's basically what, what was in use at the time that I was doing this. It wasn't CDs. It wasn't records. Like all these songs were on, were on. I mean, which is short for cartridge, but on carts, and that's you know, you would pull the ones you needed for your for your little radio show and stuff, and you would plug them in. And yeah, I mean, somebody, my parents, spent a lot of money at Columbia College for me to wind up not following through on that. So hey, but wish fulfillment all these years later. Exactly, they're going to get their their money's worth. They are. Hey, I'm looking forward to it too. It just gives us um, an opportunity to reach people that we haven't reached before. Uh, get some experience on, you know, what actual radio broadcasting would be like. And um, hopefully, my big hope is that it gives us a venue to try new things, new types of episodes, um, up our game a little bit, and hopefully bring in different new guests. Yeah, so WLPN is located um, pretty centrally in Chicago and covers about 2 million listeners. Yeah. So. That being said, that's the range. I don't think two million people are going to tune in at any given <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah, we're not going from three listeners to two million. Don't don't get no. excited for us. 
Yeah, but uh, it's definitely an awesome opportunity. And um, not only will it be available online live as we're doing the shows, if you wanted to tune in at a certain date and time, I, I don't have specifics again. Um, but I believe that the way it's looking right now, those episodes will also be brought to you guys after some little bit of editing. Yeah, I think that's the idea. We're going to podcast out those episodes. So it's not like there's going to be exclusive radio only content, at least not that I'm aware of. Um, there will be those episodes will be produced and then put up onto our normal feed so that you can get them through the podcast. They will sound a little bit different. We are explicit um, in our current form. We won't be able to be explicit uh, for them. Yeah, and there's all kinds of weird rules we have to follow, which is not something we're used to either. And not that they're weird. They're weird to us because, yeah. man, we've been doing this for a long time and we've had yeah. zero, zero rules. Um, sometime in November is the best I can do for a date right now. And I don't know. Maybe I could prod Robin doing something a little earlier in November. We'll see. Wow. you got to prod just me. Saying. Just saying. Maybe. Um, so, yeah, that's what we got coming up. Um, we'll see how it goes. I'm considering it the radio experiment for now until we see if it's a good fit. It could just end up being that, like, you know, I mean, it's not like it's a close. It's not like it's close to us. It's going to be a drive. So our two schedules might not match up, and then it makes it so that we can't go or whatever it happens to be. So this is really, for me, the radio experiment right now, but I'd like to have this be something that we do normally. It would be really neat. If not, um, I do believe that Round Lake Radio broadcasts to about fifty homes. Hey, why not? The, instead of instead of like the antenna that you picture a radio station having, they have one that they plug in and it just sits on a, on a desk inside the the studio, <laughs> and you can hear it for at least a quarter mile around. So that could be our next oh our man next endeavor. We could have people like um, in pump up the volume. You know they had to all go down to that one football field in order to hear the radio station. <laughs> That's going to be us. Everybody's going to be like piled up around that one building um, <laughs> trying to hear booked. Listen, there are listeners who go to great lengths, even some that have said that they record it to a CD <laughs> to listen in their car. So quite honestly, they're like, that would be amazing if I could just drive somewhere and sit in my car for two hours to hear this would be great. Yeah. Hey, we'll see how it goes. Radio experiment is happening. It is. So um, I know that's not all that terribly exciting for the listeners, but it's terribly exciting for us. So please be excited for us. We'd appreciate it. Yeah. At least fake it till, you know, yeah. for us. Yeah. Exactly. But for our listeners, um, let's talk a little bit about what the, the rest of October is going to look like. Cause we, we haven't really given you the, the, either the talk about horror or the frustration because there's no good horror to talk about that you would usually expect in October. So we're going to try and really bring it home these next couple episodes. There will be a lot of complaining the next few episodes. Um, <laughs> so lock in for that. Yeah. it's um, So our next episode we are going to do um, what I imagine is going to be a short review because it's going to be another novella. But our friends at This Is Horror are uh, about to release. I'm not sure what the date is. But A House at the Bottom of a Lake by Josh Mallerman, who you know we have mixed feelings about, right? Cause no, we, we love, love him. Josh. Wait, no. Hold on a second. Do you remember the whole I Could Taste the Blood fiasco? Yeah, he didn't show up. Yeah, exactly. So we have mixed feelings about Josh Mallerman, but we're going to review this book. Well, I'm kidding. I love Josh Mallerman. <laughs> um, so there will be a review. Uh, can I? Can I? I can I, I already read it. I've read it. I have not read it yet. Uh, so we're not going to review it right here. But I will say this: um, spoiler alert. 
I did submit a blurb for the book. So though that's usually not done when you think a book is terrible. It's true. So I'm going to have to jump on this and, and get this read soon. Expect that next week. The following week will be the Halloween Spooktacular um, with, with a guest co-host, Jesse Lawrence, and maybe someone else. I don't know. We haven't really, we haven't really put we haven't, anything. We haven't locked down host, too. So, yeah, so. We're, I, I'm open to doing Amanda Gowan again. Mm, okay. Um, <laughs> however... Amanda Gowan, who we have mixed feelings about for very much the same reason. We have mixed feelings about we, Josh Gowan. Yeah, well, Josh didn't show up one time. She didn't show up twice. Was it <laughs> so, twice? Yeah. Yeah, oh. she didn't show up twice. Huh, interesting. So, um, we're going to see if Amanda can do it. But if there's any listener out there who's really into horror, who wants to co-host, make a make a compelling argument and we'll consider it. It will help if you have watched the Rocky Horror Picture Show remake because I know Rob's not going to and Jesse's not going to. And me complaining by myself, it gets really old on this yeah. podcast, guys. I've been yeah. doing it for five fucking years. I know. <laughs> I, um, need a, I need someone else to complain with me about things. Looking forward to the Spooktacular. Um, it's one of my favorite episodes. And going back and listening, when I was driving to Texas and back, I went back and I hit some of our milestone episodes like year uh, year in reviews or anniversary episodes, and then, like, the spooktaculars and the uh, Christmas episodes, and they're always just so much fun. They're just so much fun. Rob, there's probably a Christmas episode coming up soon, too. Yeah, what are we going to do about that? we gotta, we got to get on that. We'll figure something out. It's going to be amazing. I know that already. All right. So next week, uh, Josh Mallerman review, followed by the spooktacular. Until then... I'm Olivia Snudden. And I'm Rob Olson. Keep reading. There we go. Keep watching TV shows. Keep Yeah, I'm telling you, that's, that's what this is turning into, just TV shows. Keep listening to us. Yeah, keep listening to us. That's, right. a, that's an even better idea.